So I use largely my my website as that is that ingestion engine to help build um, awareness of the show and to and to find new listeners that, you know, don't get me wrong. The number way number one way to grow a podcast is still from recommendations from current listeners and you can build externally on social media. That was Todd Cocker, and he is the CEO of Blueberry Podcasting, and he shared something pretty interesting at the end of this podcast, but because I'm impatient, I'm going to tell you what it is now. He said that in the last 60 days, only 400,000 shows have released a new episode. Now, to give you an idea of how huge that is, there are well over 2 million podcasts. That Since recording this, that number has probably increased to like 4 million. But for only 400,000 shows to have released a new episode in the last 60 days, like that tells you there is like no competition out here in the podcast space. You may think there is, but there's not. So it's a great day to listen to this episode where Todd is going to talk to you about the seven things you can do to grow your show organically. Yes, you can use ads and do all these other things, but he's gonna touch on seven things that you can do organically. Before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you to visit earnmedianow.com. I will link to that in the show notes for this episode because that is where my new media masterclass is. I just did a new one. I keep making changes to it and doing it again, tweaking the masterclass and doing it again just based on feedback that I'm getting from people. So to see the latest and the greatest, I want you to head to earnmedianow.com. That's where I'm going to show you five simple steps to take to start getting featured in the media. And fun fact, that is actually one of Todd's seven things you can do to build your podcast, is getting featured in the media outside of your podcast. Yes, your podcast is a form of media, but there are so many others that can bring more attention to your podcast. So with me giving away one of Todd's seven, I guess we should hear the other ones, huh? wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Todd, welcome to Become a Media Maven. I'm excited to have you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you are the CEO of Blueberry Podcasting, minus the E. There's no E in the berry on Blueberry. Talk to me. Where's the E? Where'd the E go? What's that well, about? We, we couldn't afford it. So we had to, you know, buy the domain without the E's. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. Talk to me about what Blueberry Podcasting is and how you got involved. Yeah. So uh, in October 2004, I, I was one of the first oh, 30 or so podcasters. And in mid 2005, this is really going back in the early days of podcasting. I uh, basically had a uh, ad deal come into my show, and uh, that ad deal ultimately resulted in the media buyer asking me if I knew other shows that would like to do advertising. I said, "Yes, I do." And from there, an idea was born about a business. So I actually did a um, a shout out on my. On my own podcast that I'm looking for a lawyer, biz dev, graphics guy, programmer, if you want of the above, we're having a phone call. And a couple of weeks later, we had a phone call and uh, that led 
uh, to the formation of the company that is known as Raw Voice, which is the parent company of Blueberry Podcasting. And uh, Blueberry itself was launched in 2006 as a way to connect with podcasters and to essentially provide them in, in, in the early days some of the early metrics and podcast statistics and then uh, advertising opportunities. And then ultimately we, we turned into a service company, uh, which we're a full service podcast hosting company today. So uh, it's quite the journey, but uh, we're about 20 employees. But again, origin, really the origin story of this the company came from the audience of my own tech podcast, which was kind of weird. Okay, very cool. And yeah, when you talk about the early days, like 2006, like... How many podcasts were available then? Oh, there was probably 30 or 40,000 by 2006. Uh, you know, it, it ramped up pretty quickly. Um, you know, if you think about the early days of when things kicked off in 2004, we went from the hundreds to thousands to 10,000s. And then probably in 2005 when Apple introduced podcasts to then iTunes. Um, and of course th there was no iPhone yet, so everyone could only sync content to an iPod. Uh, we probably then got into the tens of thousands of shows, but you know, it's been an upward, uh, growth trend ever since. So you've been in this business since like the very beginning, like I would call that the very beginning. What have you noticed as far as like, I don't want to, I mean, whether it's starting your own podcast to build your personal brand, being a guest on other podcasts to build your personal brand, what do you think, I mean, is next? What do you think is the reason people should start their own podcast, should listen, should guest? I know it's a loaded question, but sure. if you could sum up some kind of answer to that question. Yeah. I, you know, I think what it is now is, and what we really learned during COVID whether you're an individual or a business, people start to realize that while Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, all these social media platforms that many of us are participating on, they don't always have that personal touch. You, you don't, you know, you don't have that like intimate relationship. It's fleeting. You know, you see a tweet, you see an Instagram post, you see a reel. You see something that, you know, you kind of engage with for 30 or 60 seconds and then you're on to something else. Whereas in podcasting and kind of similar to YouTube, there's really a different engagement level in that when you're storytelling or sharing something or talking about your business or educating, it's really this intimate conversation. And I, I like that you talk about building brand because there's nothing more pure than building a brand than doing a podcast. Um, a lot of podcasters don't understand the value of building a brand and what it goes into, but I think that uh, podcasting is just this great opportunity to connect with people. Agree. Totally agree. So let's talk about building a podcast as far as your own podcast, getting more listeners, because it is a little trickier, I find, in the podcast space than maybe other spaces, as far as it relates to like your website, you have all of the SEO tips, tricks, and strategies, but it's a little different with podcasts. So talk to me a little bit about, I guess, just the the stuff that we've all heard before, like share your podcast episode on social media, email it out to your list. Are there any other things that we should keep in mind that maybe we've never heard before or that are newer 
that could help us? Well, you know, my my perspective and our approach, and this is really even Blueberry's approach, is that your website, your .com, is really kind of the hub. And while we want people to consume everywhere else, that's where they go to listen, watch, engage, whether it be on social or whatever, ultimately you got to have a place to send them back to or they can remember where you're located so that when you talk about that offer, you talk about that special deal or that mailing list or some sort of a funnel that you've got set up for some type of an offer, really the place to send them back to is always originates back to your .com. I kind of call my personal website Moonbase Alpha. It's kind of a, I'm kind of geeky. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but really that's where everything originates and then it goes out. Now, not everyone that comes to, well, the, the consumption happens externally but I use my website largely as a discovery vehicle. Um, I don't always, um, well, there's a strategy. You record for your audience, you write for Google. And when you write for Google, you're writing uh, great show notes, you're writing great episode titles that people actually will search for. And when they come to your website, whether it's a blog post or a podcast post, there's really no difference at least there's the ability there when they land on the website, they say, oh, this this individual has a podcast and a portion of those folks will subscribe and follow. So I use largely my my website as that is that ingestion engine to help build um, awareness of the show and to and to find new listeners that, you know, don't get me wrong. The number way number one way to grow podcasts is still from recommendations from current listeners and you can build externally on social media. So I think it's a combined strategy. You really have to have um, almost all of the elements. Um, for a long time, a lot of podcasters just thought, hey, I'll record my show. I'll throw it up on some hosting site where it resides at somebody else's.com. And they, they thought that would be okay. And what they found was, well, why am I not growing? And why is the show stagnant? Or why do I only have 100 listeners? And I really believe truly in my heart that it goes back to that strategy of building a brand and some of the stuff you already mentioned, good SEO, good show notes. And again, you're not necessarily writing the show notes for your audience, but you're writing it for that, you know, that 800 pound gorilla named Google that's going to come in and rank you. Finding a podcast title is elementary. Everyone's show can be found. The key right now is being found on an episode level, each episode being found by a specific search. Um, I always really look at my titles and see how I did against other tech sites when I do it, when I do my tech show to see, okay, did I get on the first page or I'm on page two? Where was I at from a, a ranking standpoint for that episode? So I think it's a combined strategy. There's lots of things we can go into in, in growing your show. Um, but I really think the thing people have to really ask themselves, what's the goal? What is the goal of your show? And if your goal of your show, if you can clearly define that, um, you'll know how to really target. My goal was building authority and monetization. And that was the two primary goals of, of my show. And then I did all my strategy for marketing it to meet those two goals. I have a question when you talk about putting the show notes on your website. Do you put them on your website as if each podcast episode is its own blog post? How many words are the show notes? I mean, are you doing like show notes like you do 
when you put it in the podcast player or are you doing show notes like you're transcribing the entire show? And do you link to the player in that quote unquote blog post? Can you break it down what it looks like on your website? Yeah, sure. Each episode is definitely its own post. Otherwise, you are really not helping yourself with Google at all. So number two, very smart description. And again, it's not John Smith and such and such. It is a it is some topic that happened during the episode and maybe with John Smith or if it's an interview or if it's a solo show. It has to be something someone is going to specifically search for. Then in the body of the post, you're going to back that title up and use good SEO, use keywords. If you can get to 300 words, that's great. You can do a couple of paragraphs. You're doing better than most. And then some outbound links. And of course, you want whoever you've interviewed to inbound link back to you, giving you a backlink so you build that SEO strength. But one of the things at Blueberry is our PowerPress plugin used by WordPress users. All that is really done internally. They build their brand, they control their RSS feed. Everything is right there on their .com. Players right on the within the post itself. Um, and it's easy to subscribe no matter where you hit the website. There's a sidebar widget that allows you to follow or subscribe. You really want to give everyone the opportunity when they do come to the website and find your specific episode or an article that you give them every opportunity above the fold to subscribe and follow that podcast. So again, it's kind of one cohesive unit and you have to be careful in that if you're using a host where you're duplicating this information over on a hosting site somewhere that you can hurt your SEO and Google doesn't understand who who's king. You know, the king should be your .com. The king shouldn't be your hosting provider. And uh, with using your own website, and if you happen to be using our plugin, it's all one and the same. What goes to Apple, what goes to Google, all originates at your .com. And I think that's a mistake a lot of podcasters make is that they may have a hosting provider where they have to go over and duplicate some of that posting work. And Google may get a little bit confused on, aka, where does this brand originate? And who do you see that is doing this right when it comes to podcast SEO to really increase their reach? Who do you see out there that you like and you're like, okay, if everybody modeled this, they would be like shooting high. I I think it's anyone that doesn't matter if you're on WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, doesn't matter. As long as you have your .com key, that's the key, and your content originates on your .com. Your feed doesn't necessarily have to originate on your .com. That's the best if you can do that. Um, that's the best strategy. Re, you know, Blueberry is a hosting provider. Hosting providers today are agnostic. And so you have to look at what that provider is going to provide to you in services and information to help you grow. Because where that media is hosted, kind of at this point, there's probably 25 players in the, in the space. So from a content creator standpoint, your sole focus, again, should be back on building your brand on your website and then building your social presence. And of course, we'll probably get into some of those other topics of how you can grow your show. But again, there's no substitute for a dedicated website um, that you basically, a saying I like to say is kind of funny is you never build your castle on rented land. And a lot of times if you're on a provider where your sole show completely originates on their website along with 10,000 other podcasts, how do you really break out? 
and all it takes is one or two shows over on that website to do something inappropriate to cause the rank of that whole site to go down. So you control your destiny by having your own uh, top-level domain website. Okay, Todd, I'm going to tell you something that might get me in trouble here. So when I started my podcast, I used to do this to the extreme. Like I would have a blog post for each episode and I would have the whole episode transcribed and put up there. And then I was like, okay, this is a lot of work. So let me just do the show notes. And then I just stopped and I don't do anything on my website. It's just the podcast episode. Yeah. So are you mad I would, at me? That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think here's the key. Go Google your last episode title and see where it falls. See if it shows up in search. See if your website shows up. I would never recommend taking your transcripts and putting those into a post because unless it's completely been edited so that the there's context that's what i would do it was tons of work too it is lots of work and google even though you did that work they could say is that person keyword stuffing are they text stuffing Mm -hmm. so there's this fine line so i always say link to your pdf of your transcript for accessibility link to it in your show notes and then write again write that single write that episode title write a couple of paragraphs doesn't have to be like super deep and maybe a couple of outbound links to who you're talking to have a little meat in there that they can they can chew on. It's really critical. Now, if your if your tribe is on Instagram and that's where you're completely engaging with them, well, maybe the website's not as important. But again, for us, for my for my full time of being in this space, I relied on my dot coms to be the funnel to bring in new listeners. Now they come in other places, but it's, it's the key is if you do this long enough, an audience won't stay with you forever. They believe it or not, they kind of get sick and tired of us and they leave. They mm-hmm. listen for a couple of years and then they, maybe they're gone and they'll come back and they say, Oh, you're still doing a show. I'm back. You know, lo- love your content. The key is you got to have a place to come back to. And have substantive content on the website. I understand it's a huge amount of work, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to the extreme of putting the transcripts on the website. I would go kind of in between. Good episode title, couple of paragraphs of information, and have make sure that players there. And what what this really is is over time, incrementally, the traffic will increase your website. My personal website gets between twenty and 200,000 page loads a day. But again, I've been at this forever. It started off with like 300 a week. So, you know, it has to, it has to grow over time. And, and Google essentially builds authority to your website. They say, is this website an authority in this content topic? And then as, as, that, as, as Google decides your site has more authority, ultimately everything else rises as well. So at least that's my philosophy on it. So, you know, I would recommend to you that you start doing at least the minimum amount of uh, show notes within your episode pages. Okay. You're adding to my list of things to do, Todd, but that's good. <laughs> this is a, This is a good reminder. Now, besides that, besides putting that podcast on your website as a blog in text format, talk to me about what else we can do to grow our podcast, just some other things. Yeah. So this is, uh, again, recording, publishing. And social is not enough. So you're going to say, oh, my God, what else do I have to do? Well, (laughs) 
first of the obvious, sustained, consistent, superior content. That's number one. You have to be on your A game. And when you're recording, <laughs> if you're feeling down and you're not had a great day, don't record. If you need a Red Bull to get you going, drink a Red Bull. Make sure you're on your A game. Number two, all this content you're doing, potentially, if you have aspirations to be an author, you can almost write a book from your content that you're doing. And people say, oh my God, I want to write a book. Well, you get 10, 15, 20, 30 episodes in, and if you're doing an interview show or you're doing a show on a specific content topic, there's a book there. You've already got the outline, write the book, self-publish, get build authority, build notoriety, notoriety, maybe get on a speak, do some speaking spots, which is what I also talk about. Speak locally to begin with. If you're, if you've never spoke at a trade show or an event, speak locally, get a little experience in front of people talking about different topics, then apply to speak nationally. And I say speak nationally at events that are within your genre. If you're talking about finance, you need to go to a finance event. If you're talking about uh, uh, tech, you need to go to a tech event. If you're talking about uh, sports, you need to be at some sort of sporting event. So that's where I talk to people about attending trade shows or events in your content genre. Go there not only as a participant consuming the educational information they're giving out, but go there with your mic and say, hey, I love what you're doing here. Can we have a five-minute conversation? and build a little additional content. And that's one thing I did. I attended trade shows and went around interviewing people and having a camera and it didn't really fit into my podcast, but what it really did was built my authority and then built my resume and CV of content that I always said during that interview, Hey, remember, come over to Geek New Central podcast and subscribe to the show. Um, solicit radio appearances. You got five, six, seven, ten radio stations in your, in your neighborhood, uh, in your community. I would be on it. I would have an email address to every single one of them, to the, the PR people there or the newsroom. You have something special going on. You had a special guest. You had something. You hit a milestone. Hit them up with an email. And you'll be surprised the number of folks say, hey, come on, do three minutes with me. That can lead. And what led for me to lead, led to was being a on a national syndication. I would be called by the BBC. I'd be called by ABC, CBS, NBC. And it would just be in for like a three-minute spot. They call me three o'clock in the morning. Todd, can you talk about this on BBC Asia? And I would like, whatever the topic was, I would say, yes. I'd run to my computer, you know, have a bottle of water to get my, you know, my, my voice working and Google the topic. And I would be on for three minutes, sometimes talking about something I really didn't know a lot about, but I made myself an expert real quick. So I can grow into that. At the same time, you can solicit TV appearances because local television is always looking for a community awareness type of uh, spot that comes spend a half hour with you and you get two minutes. But it's those types of things you can build and add your CV to build your authority, build awareness, use that in your outreach. You can think about a TV appearance that's two minutes, what you can use with that socially. It's, it's fantastic. Also, there's a potential of maybe joining a network, join a podcast network or forming one yourself. If you've got five shows that you absolutely love, Say, hey, I love your show. I love to be, I like to co-work co together. And let's cross promote and talk about each other. Or if you find a network that's you can agree with and you like their terms of service and you like what they do. I, I found huge success in the early days of having about 13 shows that we cross promoted each other on a regular basis in my genre. 
all ships rose together. Um, but I think the most important thing is leverage your audience. You know, your audience, your biggest fans. So help, have them help you with social and outreach and connecting with companies. And there's lots of things you can do there. There's a lot of stuff here. This is a fire hose of ideas and information, but just take one or two of those things and work them a week, you know, solicit some radio appearances once a week. And who knows, maybe you'll get on, maybe you won't. But it's one of those things where you just keep, I wouldn't say nag, but provide value back. At the same time, if you are working in social, um, I keep a spreadsheet of topics that I've covered in my various podcasts. And if someone's talking about something that I've covered, I'll say, hey, by the way, I talked about this in one of my episodes. Here's the link and the time hacks about this so that you can be an, uh, not an annoyance and being and trolling and saying, hey, here's my show, come listen, but actually give them something tangible to act on in a, in a, in a content series that may be related to your show. So you need to hang out where your audience is and, and really be that person that builds authority and say, hey, I bet you, uh, I bet you he or she knows uh, something about this and you may get asked. But um, the most important thing, too, about your show is never forget. You never know who's listening. You never know. That's true. So I'm going to repeat some of those to you just to make sure I didn't miss anything. One, you were speaking my language. So we talked about getting the podcast on the website, bringing energy to your episodes, sharing on social media, obviously. The trade shows, that's a great tip. You're speaking my language with booking those media appearances. That is what I do at Media Maven. That's what I talk about a lot here on Become a Media Maven. Join a podcast network or start your own podcast network. And finally, have your audience help you. Any tips on how to get your audience to help you? I mean, is it as simple as just asking, hey, share this episode, tap that subscribe button? Well, so I took it a different approach. Um, I basically use two angles. One, I help my audience promote my sponsor <laughs> by cross-promoting and backlinking back to my sponsorship page, number one. Number two, um, I asked my audience to, if they had a comment about a specific show or episode, to please do that on their social and then at me, if it was on Twitter or include me in Facebook, so that they would actually leave their comment in social with a link back. Um, and then I would collect those and I would actually read all those comments that came either via social or via email um, on the show. So I leveraged them that way so that they, it was more of an interaction type of thing to drive people back. They could have come back and commented on the blog, but I really wanted them to do that commentary out where other people would see it more readily and get an idea. So that's where I leveraged it. And I also leveraged the audience when I, I did my show solo by myself for many, many years. And finally I got to the point where I was, um, had enough money through sponsorship and other things to say, hey, I'm looking for someone to help me produce the show. I didn't go out and find a VA. I found a fan of the show. And essentially what I found was my brother from another mother, he thinks exactly like I do, and he does my show production. And it was like a synergy there because he'd been listening for years and so it really allowed me to free up some of my time so I could focus on the content. Not everyone's going to be able to do that. Now I pay him uh, every month 
and uh, pay them a fair uh, a fair wage for that. So it's one of those um, situations where I was able to do that at one point to offload and be able to focus more on the content and other things that were important, like AKA the promotion social. And some folks even have find their social media managers from their audience. I think someone that's in tune to you and knows you already is a better fit for your team than sometimes just soliciting uh, someone that you may not have never met before or really don't know anything truly about you. And I've heard that many times, like when when people rave about their assistants or their VAs or somebody on their team, I'm always like, well, how'd you find them? They say, oh, well, they were in my community. They were on my email list or something exactly. like that. So yeah. that's that's great advice. Todd, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Before we go, I'm going to link to um, all of your social media handles and your website in the show notes so people can find out more about you and Blueberry if they want. But is there anything else you want to add that I should have asked before I say goodbye? No, I think it's if you're thinking about doing a podcast, uh, you know, don't be scared. Pull up the mic, record that episode one. Episode one will not sound the sound as episode five. Five will not sound as the same as 10. 10 will not sound as 15. You make it to 50, or actually if you make it to 25, you'll uh, be 80% ahead the rest of the folks that have tried to start a podcast. So get out there and do it. Just pull up the mic and pick a topic that you're passionate about and go forth and uh, reach out to your your community through audio. I mean, that's true too. Like, I feel like everybody thinks podcasting is so saturated. There's over 2 million podcasts out there, but over half of them, people start and then they stop. There's, here's the little secret that most people don't talk about. Only 400,000 episodes or 400,000 shows, excuse me, have been released in the last 400 shows, 400,000 shows have only released a new episode in the last 60 days. So if you break that down across, if you break that across 20 categories, so some categories are bigger than others. So you might only truly be competing with about 20,000 shows. And of those 20,000 shows, how many are doing weekly? How many are doing monthly? So the odds get even better if you're consistent and in somebody's ear. Here's the thing. Here's a takeaway. People build podcasts into their lives. So as long as you're there every week at the same time, in their in their ear when they're at the gym or in their car or wherever they may be consuming podcasts you they build you into their lives don't leave them hanging keep that content coming if you're there every two weeks well they're gonna find maybe they're gonna find someone to replace you with so it's truly about that consistency and being there on a regular basis when when they consume you so anyway just a extra bonus piece here for you that's insane. Only 400,000 episodes released in the last 60 days. I do every other week. I used well, to do every Tuesday. Now I'm every other Tuesday. Did I say it wrong? Yeah. 400,000 shows have released in the last 60 days, have released a new episode in the last 60 days. Shows have released right. a new episode. So yeah. even, I mean, that's even better than what I said. Right. It's true. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because some shows they do daily, even. Right, and some shows are monthly. So those that are weekly, right. and, and I think the number I saw, and actually you can find this out, it's at uh, podcastindex.com, I think is um, the actual website. They've got a chart there that shows how many episodes have been, or how many shows have published in the last week, month, 90 days. It's all out there publicly for you see. They keep that stats rolling. It's really one that blows me away often because of the 4.7 million quote-unquote shows that are out there, only 400,000 have released an episode in the last 60 days. So there's no competition compared to YouTube 
or blogging even. That's insane. Okay, I'm going to link to podcastindex.com in the show notes for this episode. Todd, anything else before we say goodbye? No, thank you for having me on the show. Good luck with your podcast. Happy podcasting. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can find everything we talk about in the show notes for this episode and soon to be on my website since Todd has given me some homework after listening to that. You can find Todd on social media by checking out the show notes. And don't forget to visit earnmedianow.com to attend my media masterclass. That is linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you again here very soon on another episode of Become a Media Maven.